Following Jesus isn't always easy, but it's not complicated. On this podcast, we try to make real life simple. And every now and then, I like to give you an interview with somebody that will kind of stretch you when it comes to your discipleship process. Today, we're going to hear from a filmmaker and artist by the name of David Schultz. David is uh, a friend and someone that was so gracious as to help connect us to James Brian Smith and that podcast a few episodes ago. And David is a guy that just tries to create movies to honor uh, great people that have been uh, lost, perhaps, or great people who have helped us in our understanding of Jesus. And he's done that with a few uh, very influential people in my life, in many lives, and even in church history. And I want you to hear from him and some of these individuals that he holds so dear. This is the Rusty George Podcast. Hey, we're joined today by David Schultz, and I am so grateful to have him on the podcast. He is a friend and an artist and somebody you should know his work. And so, David, I don't think our listeners probably know who you are, but I'd love for them to. So give us a brief Wikipedia version of yourself, and then we'll jump into some of the stuff you've done. Yeah, sure. Very simple. You know, I'm a kid um, from Indiana, and um, uh, I went to Anderson University. Um, I majored in Christian ministries and Bible and religion. And um, growing up, I I had kind of two loves. One was uh, comedy and, you know, um, I kind of was raised up on that uh, Saturday Night Live. Um, But I, my faith was clobbered by the, um, the love of God through um, reading uh, Brennan Manning's The Ragamuffin Gospel. Mm-hmm. And, and once that happened, I, <laughs> it's so dorky, but I just wanted to be, when I graduated college, uh, I just wanted to be a vagabond evangelist. And, um, and even younger than that, it started early. And then, um, you know, long story short, um, you know, without going on a big tangent, but this is, it was a real left turn for me. I really kind of shipwrecked my life. Um, and um, with my own sin and, 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 and moral failures. And, um, and what began was just, um, I just was living in so much shame and self-hatred. Mm. Even though I knew God had forgiven me and, and loved me and, and grace, but I just, it was just a reality that, that I had trouble accepting. And so, um, so I just felt like, well, I'll never, I'll never get to be an evangelist. I'll never preach. And, and of course that wasn't true, but, um, I, it was like I was my own prison guard, if you know what I mean. Um, right. But ironically, God uses all things, right? Um, works to the good of those who love him and, and um, he, I, so basically what happened is, is I kind of shut off the part of my heart that just wanted to preach the gospel, and I just pressed into, um, which is also, I think, how God created me too. I just pressed into my gifts of creativity, and I came out to Hollywood to pursue an acting career. Mm-hmm. And um, long story short, I was out here a couple years, and um, I had made a couple of, of comedies, uh, and trust me, don't even look them up; they're not great. <laughs> um, but what was what was cool is I got to write them and produce them and and star in them with some of my um, 
you know, heroes growing up, like Chevy Chase. Um, we did a movie with him and Burt Reynolds, um, may he rest in peace when he was still alive. And, um, wait, wait one second. Wait one second. You did a movie with Chevy Chase? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no one's heard of it. That's why. (laughs) What's the movie? Uh, it's called not another, not another movie. And, um, you know, my background was like, you know, I did Groundlings in LA, uh, UCB, Improv Olympics. So my background was sketch comedy. So the first that was the first movie I ever wrote. Um, uh-huh. and it was really a sketch comedy movie. And, um, I mean, that's a story all of, uh, all of its own, but wow, uh, yeah, I got to so work cool. with him and everybody asked me, is Chevy Chase cool? And I was like, yeah, I mean, I only worked with him one day, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was a great day. <laughs> it was, it was in, you know, he, um, do you remember that old sketch on SNL with Chris Farley? It was the Chris Farley show. So he'd, oh, have, yeah. like, he'd oh, yeah. have famous people on, right? And go like Paul McCartney. It's like, you remember when you were in the Beatles? <laughs> that was cool. That was oh, me all day working with Chevy Chase. I was like, you remember Funny Farm? <laughs> Like I thought. Okay, now wait, wait a second. No one remembers Funny Farm except you and me. That's and I love that movie. That was great. Well, you will appreciate this. So on set, I said, "You've been, you've done so many amazing movies, comic, you know, gold. What's your favorite movie?" And he just paused and he, he said, "These days, I'd probably say Funny Farm." Wow, isn't that crazy? Isn't that cool? Um. Huh. But he was but he he was so gracious with me because I was just like drooling all over him all day. <laughs> like he but but he he was so kind and gracious so he I think he was just pressing into that of just being really nice to me cuz he knew I was such a fan and and I wrote the movie. So um yeah. So and he was very complimentary. He's like, you know, I just want you know I wrote this movie because of this one scene you wrote. Anyway, you know, it was a blast, but um, yeah. You know, spe- speaking tying that into my faith, right. So you know, back to the story. I had shipwrecked my life. I had kind of cut off the evangelist side of it, and was just pressing into as hard as I could to just be an actor. Mm-hmm. And part of my story is what happened, Rusty is. I started having a problem that I, I didn't know I had, which was I was, because I was so broken inside, I was trying to find my identity instead of the love of God, instead of Jesus. I was trying to find my identity in making it as an actor. Yeah. And I'll never forget the day after I work with Chevy Chase, who was, it was a great day, right? The day mm-hmm. after I wake up with Chevy Chase, I, I remember waking up in the morning and going, so that was it. Mm. And I just remember going, my whole life, I wanted to, I mean, for me growing up, Chevy Chase was, you know, on a short list of like the best comic genius on the planet, right? Right. And Absolutely. So, so for me, it's like, he, I'm like, he, we were like buddy buddies on set. He did my movie. He said it was because of my writing. I got to act with him. I got to do comedy with him. He's on my demo reel. <laughs> and if you would have told 15-year-old version David that, he would have been like through the roof. But in terms of the adult David, I, I was trying to, you know, it just wasn't fulfilling. And uh, 
and then those movies, you know, you know, obviously without going into all of it, but we 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 were both LA based, right? Like, we know the Hollywood business. Those those movies had lots of problems and drama, and the, in long story short, they just didn't turn out how I wanted. And I hadn't directed yet, and and on those movies, I I was learning to produce from other more experienced producers but I wasn't in control of anything and the, those movies just really didn't I was really depressed is what I'm trying to get at mm-hmm. I was really depressed because I felt like that was my one shot and spiritually underneath I was like okay so now I I, I failed as a Christian is what I was thinking <laughs> right mm-hmm. and now I failed as an actor and I mean I was pretty I'll be honest, I was pretty suicidal. And um, I was pretty, mm. well, I think I'm going to, I mean, I, ha- I was, I, you know, now I'm married and have kids, but like I was single, <laughs> I was 27, and I just felt like the biggest loser on the planet. Mm. And I just, it was like I was a Christian, but I was still lost in the woods trying to find my way home, and I wasn't looking for the path, <laughs> you know. Right. I was the prodigal son who still hadn't come to his senses, and um, wow. And uh, so anyway, this is where you know I tell everybody, and this ties into storytelling. When when people ask me how I make my movies, um, I tell them I never make the lead character um, the lead character. Hmm. The lead character now, after God kind of did a change in my heart, the lead character of all my movies is God Himself. Hmm. And so, um, you know, we, which ties into the Rich Mullins and the Brendan Manning movie, um, mm-hmm. is I go, they, you know, often people go, well, why do you show Rich Mullins or Brendan Manning's flaws in the movie? And I say, oh, because our testimony isn't our testimony. My story belongs to God. Mm-hmm. And, if, and if, my te- if my story belongs to God and he's the lead character in my movie, he's the hero of my story, mm-hmm. then I can, I can be vulnerable and transparent about everything because it just makes him more heroic. Wow. And so, so anyway, I, so here's where God shows up, right, to use that, that slang. There was a, 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 a Christian actor, and you know, by now, you know, I love Saturday Night Live, right? Right. <laughs> Chevy Chase and always wanted to be on SNL. I had a Christian friend who's watching all of this unfold in me, right? Like, hmm. he knows I want to be on SNL. He knows I'm stuck in shame because I used to want to be an evangelist. Then I ruined my life. Then these mo- he's, he, he's seeing that I'm depressed, suicidal. He, so he's watching all of this. And he says, David, I want to, I want to take you to lunch. And he was... The, the reason I bring him up is his name's David Allen Smith. He was a, a co-star in a movie with Dan Aykroyd, right? Hmm. So I wow. was like, oh, my goodness, you work with Dan Aykroyd? And he, he, he shows up. He, he's like, I, I want to talk to you. So he buys me lunch. Um, he hands me a gift that was autographed by Dan Aykroyd himself, right? Um, hmm. And he goes... I want you to make one more movie. And I was like, what are you talking about? And this is before um, Ragamuffin, was, Rich Mullins wasn't even on the table. And uh, he goes, I just feel like God's telling me that you need to make one more movie, but this time uh, you need to steer the ship. 
um, you need to direct, you need to be the, the producers in charge, just one more time. And I was just like, David, you know how movies work. I'll never make another one. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's just not going to happen. And then, you know, you you at least know the, the rest of the story. Um, God brings the movie Ragamuffin in my life, which, um, you know, probably, I mean, not the whole world, not even near close, there's seven billion people, but probably about around a million people at least have seen that movie. Um, hundreds uh, of thousands of stories have come to us about how God has used that movie to change people's life. Hmm. A high ratio of that is suicide prevention. Um, yeah. Like one of my favorites, a couple of my favorite stories from that movie is um, the move Ragamuffin for a time about two years was on Netflix. And mm -hmm. we get this email from this lady who said, um, it's been the worst year of my life. Um, my husband died um, and my uh, son died all within 18 months. Wow. And um, I was going to kill myself this month. And um, I turn on Netflix and uh, there's Ragamuffin. And I watched that movie and um, Jesus just got a hold of me and it saved my life. I thought you'd want to know. Wow. Um, wow, that's amazing. I mean, just just insane stories. I mean, we could. I literally could take up your whole podcast with just crazy stuff God mm -hmm. did. Now, back to my own story. Next thing I find myself is on the road with the movie. And um, like we did jail screenings, homeless shelter screenings, prison screenings. And uh, like I did one prison screening in a, or one jail screening in uh, Tennessee. And I watched the Southern Baptist Church filled with the, they, the county jail brought over um, uh, uh, 17 women and then I think about 10 men. And they were all in shackles because they're in a church, <laughs> right? Um, mm -hmm. I'm shackles, handcuffs, right? With like mm -hmm. guards around the whole sanctuary. And all we did is watch the movie Ragamuffin, and then I got up to preach the gospel afterwards. And I watched 17 women get saved that day. Wow. And right in that moment, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and was like, <laughs> you know, the desires of your heart, I've never forgotten them to preach, wow. to preach my name. And it was like, it wouldn't, <laughs> yeah, so I went from, I mean, I just can't, I mean, I'm tearing up right now thinking about the story, my, even in my own story of how, you know, God, God knew my, God just, God just, the best. As my mentor says, if you probably have read Phil Anderson's stuff, Phil Anderson always, when you talk about how great God goes, he goes, uh, God likes to show off. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the, that obviously was not the short, I told you I'm not good at brevity, but that's, that's the story. <laughs> well, let me, let, let me just dive in on a couple of those things, because Though I have talked about Rich Mullins before on the podcast, mm -hmm. and our friend Jim Smith uh, right. spent some time talking about Rich Mullins. Right. Rich Mullins, for those who aren't aware, is a singer-songwriter uh, from the Midwest, grew up in Indiana, uh, spent some time in Nashville, left all fortune and fame in the 90s to go live on an Indian reservation and teach kids music, right. and was killed tragically in a car accident in 1997. Yeah. Um, 
You decided to produce this movie about his life, which you've mentioned called Ragamuffin. I've yeah. seen it. We screened it here. It's it's amazing. Well, um, and, and let me I, say I on own that several note, copies of it. You got you you did way more than that. I want to sing your praises for a second. So you just found out we were making the movie, and you reached out and you said anything we can do, let me know. Um, Rusty and 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 uh, and the your wonderful church community let us. Uh, rent your place for free, <laughs> hold mm. casting sessions, uh, let us screen the movie for free at your church. You you literally were one of, um, honestly, the best friends I had and best supporters I had during that time, man. And, well, and, thank and, you. And I was a stranger to you at that time. <laughs> yeah, something about rich unites people from all walks of life, though, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, man, it does. Um, well, tell everybody a little bit about that movie and Rich Mullins and, and uh, give them a reason to watch it, which I'm telling them they should see it. But, you know, uh, give us a little bit more insight into the movie. Uh, well, and, and, and look, you know, I, I, I want to be careful because I don't want to, um, you know, bash on other, uh, you know, I'm not trying to put down other, or other Christian films or other movies. I mean, sure. anybody that knows anything about movies, they're really hard to make. Mm-hmm. So even the worst movie you can watch... I'm the first one that gives it a standing ovation because movies are really hard to make, right? Mm-hmm. But that being said, <laughs> um, a lot of you know Christian movies are really bad. <laughs> yes, and they are. I never found myself wanting to make a Christian movie. One, you know, and I think I learned this from from Rich. Products can't be Christian. Mm. right like a movie can't get baptized repent of its sins follow jesus right so there's no such thing as a christian movie you know but rich always kind of liked to be a little you know uh semantical like that mm-hmm. um or anti-semantic or whatever um but here's the real short story to give people a reason to check out that movie is is uh, rusty i wouldn't be a christian if it wasn't because of rich mullins mm. Because, so when you just hear, oh, it's a movie about a Christian singer, songwriter, you go, why would I want to watch that? <laughs> right. right. Like, that doesn't, that doesn't sound like Iron Man 4, right? Or Avengers <laughs> 5 or whatever, right? Like, there's no reason to watch it. Well, I guess here's why. It, it, if, it, here's the deal. Like, I'm not, um, I have so many flaws. And I, I... You know, it's like it's like one of my favorite verses is Paul. I do what I don't want to do. I don't want to do what I do, right? Mm-hmm. And it seems like often within the culture of Christianity, um, and again, maybe not so much now, but you have to remember, I'm from the Midwest, and I was born in 1980, right? So this was like mm-hmm. this was Rich Mullins was real before it was popular to be real, <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's his realness that God used um, to continually draw my heart to Him. Mm. Because I would feel, as a big old screw-up, right, I would feel um, a God must not love me anymore because mm. I, I really want to be a Christian. I really want to repent and do what's right and blah, 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 um, try to follow Him. And I just, I just can't get my act together. Mm. I just can't do it. And then what I have found is I, I, and I think I'm probably not the only Christian that feels this way. Right. Then you start wearing masks, right? And you, you, you know, because it, it fe- often when you come to church, it feels like, well, I don't, 
let's all just pretend like we're doing good at this thing. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Let's, let's all pretend like, and obviously no one's saying you should. Right. But, but when you're in a culture where you're all, you know, it's, it, let's say we're all on a football team, right? And it's like, is everybody sticking to their diet and doing their exercise routine to be in shape for training? And it's like, this is all our, our goal, right? Well, if you're not doing great at it, the last thing that you want to do is, you know, walk into football practice and going, hey, guys, guess what? I, I, didn't, I didn't do anything. <laughs> yeah. I just stayed right. in bed and ate potato chips all day, right? Uh-huh. And so that's, I think, the paradox of, the church, right? Where we're all supposed to come here because it's a hospital for sinners. And yet often it turns into like, fake it till you make it. (laughs) Right. 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 And, um, so Rich Mullins would do these concerts, um, back in the eighties and early nineties. And he would get up and go, man, I'm the biggest screw up I know, but God loves me. All right. Now let's sing a song about it. Mm. And not just that he would like, he never hid anything. Like if he was struggling with sin, he'd tell you. Right. And he would be specific about it off stage. Right. Like he would show up. He was just so raw, so real. And when I started doing preparation for the movie, everybody in Nashville, like Amy Grant, Michael W. Smith, Rick Elias, all these wonderful people would say, no one at that time was being authentic about who they were off stage, right? Mm-hmm. And so it, it just, you know, and I think things are very different now, you know? Um, I think there's a lot of pastors and public figures that, like, are real and transparent. But at that time, no one was doing it, except, I only know of two, Rich Mullins and Brendan Manning, right? Right. And so... In a, in, a, in a culture that we call Christianity, and I can't speak for, you know, all sections of Christianity, but in, I grew up fundamental Baptist. <laughs> so um, in, in my section, it was, and those are my people, the, the, you know, those are my times. But it, it created an, an atmosphere that was like, um, oh, if you mess up, here's the shame police. <laughs> right. Right. And... And then Rich Mullins comes along, and he's like, and, and Brennan Manning come along, and, you know, Brennan's famous quote, God loves you as you are, not as you should be, because none of us are what we should be. Right. And I'm not lying to you, Rusty. That sentence um, saved my life. Mm-hmm. Um, spiritually, that's, that's, I mean, and after years and years of re- reflection, I'm convinced that that verse is really just a paraphrase of Romans, um, and forgive me, you're a pastor, so so correct me, <laughs> but a paraphrase <laughs> of uh, Romans 5.8, um, but God demonstrates his love for us in this, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Mm-hmm. And it's like I finally got it. Oh, oh, he really likes me. You know, and I hadn't had right. kids yet, and so... You know, you know, when I met Rich Mullen's brother, you know, maybe the, here's the shortest way to put it. When I met Rich Mullen's brother, he said, why do you want to make a movie about my brother? And I said, I said, Dave, I don't think, I don't even know if anybody will watch it. <laughs> I said, but, um, 
But all I know is um, I've been an audience member to Rich Mullen's life, and God has used it to to change me and to continually draw my heart back to him in my darkest hours. Um, and if God can do it with me, I think he can do it with other people. Hmm. And um, by God's grace, he let me make the movie. That's amazing. Well, I've seen it, obviously. I love it. Uh, I have several copies of it. I hand it out often. When it was on Netflix, I would you know, tell people all the time. So right. the other movie that you did yeah. uh, shortly after that was the movie about Brennan Manning. And many of our listeners may not know about Brennan. Sure. Uh, you know, here's a guy that was a, a Catholic priest, but was an alcoholic and yeah. life was kind of in the ditch. Yeah. And yeah. his life was radically transformed by the grace of God. Uh, yeah. Two of the books that I always give out are Ragamuffin Gospel. Yeah. Ragamuffin Gospel and uh, Abba's Child, yeah. uh, which are just two of my favorites. And yeah, then you decided to make a movie about his life, too. So how did, how did that come about? Well, I actually got the rights to make a movie about Brendan Manning when he was still alive. Mm. And um, the, the movie is based, um, you know, it, it's just an, it's, it's an interesting story. So um, when, we, when we were still making the Rich Mullins movie, I was like, I want to. I want to talk to the. Because um, by that point, I had you know at that point in my life, I had you know been with Brennan you know three or four times, different times. It's not like we were friends, friends. Um, uh, more just like I was lucky enough to have three or four long interactions with him, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and so I got the rights to make the movie, and Brennan gave me the rights, and I had spent some time with Brennan and. There was even a sense of like, you know, because we, sh- we, we started filming on Ragamuff in the summer of 2012, and we didn't start the filming of Brennan until the summer of 2015. And um, there was even a point before, you know, he died in, in um, early 2013 where Brennan was asking like, hey, are, are we going to do this movie? When's, when's David going to come out? And, and he was really, obviously, really sick at that time. And um, I kind of was really tired after we made the Ragamuffin movie. I mean, we traveled with the movie. I mean, it took me years. We traveled with the movie. It was like a four, you know, a three- or four-year journey. And um, I, I was just really tired. And, you know, knowing my story, I also was a guy who I, I was never setting out to be the Christian filmmaker guy, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Um, matter of fact, I would often tell people like, they're like, you are a Christian filmmaker. You made a Christian movie. And I was like, I don't know that I'd say I make a Christian movie. I would say I made a movie about a Christian. And, <laughs> That's good. And, um, and so, you know, and honestly, I, I, I really, I mean, this is why I, I, I feel so sorry for you pastors because I, I only know one sermon. <laughs> and to think that you pastors have to come up with with hundreds over the years or thousands, right? And and yeah. but but I only have one sermon, and that is Jesus loves you, right? And I you know so after Ragamuffin, I I even though I had the rights to make a movie about Brennan, I just and being tired, I just was like I don't know that I need to, right? Like. I think I kind of said everything that, that I have to say, which is only one thing, right? Um, and then something, and then, and then this happened, 
Brennan died. Brennan died. And and remember, his family and through him through his family was like, "Hey man, are you coming out? When are when are you coming out?" And I was so he died April two thousand thirteen, and I was planning on going out that summer, even though I was leaning towards not making the movie. I was like, "Are you kidding me? Go hang out with Brendan Manning for like the summer, <laughs> and like just learn his story and learn about him, and 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 you know." I mean, honestly, it's a bit selfish, but I was like, even if I don't make the movie, that's like the opportunity of a lifetime, right? Right. And uh, and so when he died, I mean, I'm just going to be honest, Rusty, I, I felt a lot of guilt. You know, like, I I just, I mean, we knew he, he, he you know, we all die. <laughs> it's not like a shock. But, and he was really bad, but I just didn't see him going that quick. I mean, it was still in his seventies, right? Right. And, um, I, I just, and then this idea came up to my head was what, what if I really got to be friends with Brennan hmm. and I, you know, cause, cause even though like, you know, um, I mean, one of the things I learned about Rich Mullins and Brennan is the reason they talked about the love of God so much is because they needed it the most, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and I just went, man, what if, what if? I mean, imagine just pick one of your spiritual heroes. Let's say Rich Mullins, or let's say Mother Teresa, or whoever, right? Mm-hmm. And you go, what if I got like a week with them, and I got to share all of my kind of crud with them all of the good things all of the bad things all of my faith questions all of my theological you know wanderings what would they have said to me (laughs) right right and then i was like oh that's the movie that's Mm, the movie that's good and so i really um and again you know it's the ragamuffin gospel that that sentence changed my life but i've really Mm. kind of hindsight right i've i've been looking at like this as kind of like i call it the ragamuffin trilogy mm-hmm. Be, and so ragamuffin was a movie about you know for everybody learning that that god loves you as you are not as you should be because none of us are as we should be right and then the second chapter of that trilogy is brennan right and he's the guy that wrote the book and he to his dying day, struggled to still believe that message. Mm-hmm. And matter of fact, I think because he struggled, I mean, he struggled so much to believe his own message that God loves you. It's still true. <laughs> right? Right. Um, and so that's the second chapter. And then obviously now we're making a movie about St. Francis, and that's the final chapter. Well, give our listeners a uh, thumbnail sketch of the St. Francis movie. Uh, many may not know his story. Sure. Uh, I, I doubt many have seen Brother, Son, Sister Moon, <laughs> which is a really interesting 70s movie uh, yeah. that yeah. was huge for Rich Mullins. Oh, uh, that was his so, favorite movie. Right, yeah. right. I, I remember watching that thinking, wow, this changed his life, huh? <laughs> yeah, 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 right. It's it's a hippie version of the movie you know right i i mean i think the only people that like it are like real like saint francis you know fans right (laughs) so um i can appreciate it but 
I, uh, um, I, and I, and, and you know, Rich became a fan of that movie also during the hippie period, <laughs> you know, the Jesus, um, people movement, all of that. So it was, it was like his movie, you know? Um, mm. and so that also, that also makes sense. But, you know, here, here's a little bit about St. Francis, Los Angeles is named after the um, church. So St. Francis rebuilt three churches, and Los Angeles is named after one of those churches that he rebuilt. Hmm. The name comes from a Franciscan uh, priest in the um, 1500s when he first came over here, right? And then, so he named that this area um, the Portenzacula, right? Which was... Um, uh, the I mean I'm gonna mess this up, but the, the Saint Mary of the Angels or Saint Lady of the Angels, I forgive me, I should know better. But anyway, the point is, he named it after <laughs> after because he's a Franciscan priest. Three hundred years after Saint Francis died, at that point, he names the Los Angeles area Los Angeles, which is named after the church because of the order, right? So. Um, San Francisco, St. Francis, right? Santa Fe, right? All, like, mm. our world, like, if you just take a step back and start looking for everything St. Francis, named after St. Francis, it's insane. Like, it's literally, like, you know, I, there's that famous quote that, like, um, um, it took 800 years for the first Christian to come along. <laughs> or, 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 sorry, uh, 1,200 years for the first Christian to come along. Like, it was, he was just such a monumental figure. Um, and because, for one simple reason, you had, so he was born in the, the early 1200s, right? And, mm-hmm. or, or, sorry, he was born in 1181, right? And he died 1226. But he, um, so it's medieval times, like kind of the beginning of the Middle Ages, right? And so, um, there was only, so when he gave his life to Jesus, he did it in the only way that he could know how, literally. Hmm. <laughs> and so, but that, but it was kind of this question of like, what would it look like if I literally followed Jesus 1,200 years later? Meaning I was mm. like literally one of the apostles. I was literally, had no home. I literally gave everything to the poor. I literally, like... Basically, mm. taking all the red letters of the Bible and going, I'm going to live life like he meant it. And it wasn't uh, a suggestion. <laughs> right. Right. And um, so it, good. it changed the world. I mean, it changed right. the world. And so, you know, the story of St. Francis is that he's just like you and me and every other red blooded American. That's why his story is so interesting, too. He. Um, he began life wanting to be a war hero, right? Mm-hmm. His dad was the richest guy in town. It was really the beginning of capitalism. It was the very beginning of capitalism. Um, and so his dad was, um, you know, before then it was just farming. And then, it, and then it switched. His dad was the cloth merchant in town and like the richest cloth merchant, right? And so... He um, and he was like attractive and like rich and and, and for that time famous, mm-hmm. right? He had everything that like we all of us Americans in our kind of you know social internet 
you know, culture aspire to success, wealth, money, fame, all of it, that being a war hero, being celebrated. And then he just was a failure at, at, at being a war hero, right? And he was a POW for a year. And then he was going to go back out and be a part of the Crusades. And he failed again, <laughs> right? And, um, and he was also kind of like a jerk like he would run across people who had leprosy and, and would run away from them and and and, and mm-hmm. oh they're disgusting and then one day god just got a hold of his heart and um he was like you know because even though he had all those heart problems of being disgusted by you know people who were marginalized um and 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 being okay with killing people and you know all of these things <laughs> um he still was like wanted fulfillment. He's he, just like me in the Chevy Chase story, right? Like he was still mm-hmm. empty. And one day he was in a church and he felt like the spirit spoke to him uh, through the cross, the, the crucifix and said, would you rebuild my church? Right. Mm-hmm. Because you have to also remember the times it was the most, I would say the most, if not comparable to now, <laughs> um, the most uh, hypocritical time in church history. Um, mm-hmm. selling indulgences, the crusades, which is like, oh, you're not a Christian? Well, let me run my sword through you, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, right. And, the, and God's like, the church is in shambles, help me rebuild, or I'm, rebuild it, literally go and rebuild it. And, wow. you know, St. Francis was like, okay, let me get some stones here. And, of course, you know, you hear God say that, who would think he means no literally like it the church needs cpr <laughs> right and um i mean it changed the world man it changed mm. the world like basically they were like um can you go to the pope and make this an official order and all he was doing is like man i'm just I, i'm just cuz what what they did is is that that he he went out to the outside of the city Gave everything away, and all he's all he was doing day to day was caring for the lepers. From that day forward, he'd like he'd preach, and he'd care for lepers. He'd preach and care for lepers, but his daily existence was just literally following Jesus, and it changed the world. And so, you know, wow. cut cut to eight hundred years later, and then you have a guy named Brennan Manning, who mm-hmm. becomes a Franciscan priest. Right. And then uh, cut to 20 years later. And then you have a guy named Rich Mullins that discovers a book by that, that watches a movie called Brother, Son, Sister Moon about St. Francis. Right. And, you know, this is really just for the nerds like me and you, Rusty, is it took me doing the St. Francis movie to learn more about Rich and Brennan. Hmm. When I started studying the, the, the movie, when I started studying St. Francis, which I've been doing now for five years, um, I went, oh, Rich Mullins went barefoot because Francis went barefoot. Hmm. Oh, Brennan wore patches on his jeans because Francis wore patches on his habit. Matter of fact, there's a hmm. great line from St. Francis. He says, I wear patches on the outside because it reminds me of how I'm put together on the inside. Mm. And um, and I went, this is the final chapter. I made, mo- the first two movies, I made movies about 
um, my faith heroes. I want to make a movie about um, their faith hero. And mm-hmm. and now he's my faith hero too. <laughs> um, right. And, and, you know, the bigger story beyond the movies is just what, um, or not the bigger, but um, I, like God has used these movies to just um, draw my heart back to him learn to really accept the love of God. And then through the St. Francis movie that we're making, it's literally teaching me, I mean, I'm just going to put it bluntly, literally, literally teaching me to be a Christian, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, to kind of put it simply, like I I just, you know, I, I wanted to make a movie about my first two movies were about the love of God, right? I wanted to make Mm -hmm. a movie about, so I, I, I was at a, I was at a screening for the, the Brennan movie and this guy raised his hand and said, you know, you, you've made two movies now about the love of God. When are you going to make a movie about what's next after you accept God's love? <laughs> and I was like, I, I, to be honest with you, Rusty, I was like, that guy was kind of a jerk. <laughs> uh-huh. And then I was like, you know, it'd be great a movie about what's next after you accept God's love. <laughs> it's funny how God That's uses good. things like that, right? But I went, I went, okay, I want to make a movie about, okay, I've made first two movies are about how God loves you. What would a, what would a movie be like, a story be like about how someone who falls in love with God back? Hmm. And I went, oh, St. Francis. Um, but I realized we kind of had a problem when we were designing the structure of the movie. Is that like one of my favorite movies is Braveheart, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, I was born, I was I was fifteen when the movie came out. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> right. Um, I went. Saint Francis was. I mean, Saint Francis changed the world, right? Um, and, mm-hmm. and like you said, people don't even know it. Like, they live in Los Angeles, and it's like, do you know where the name comes from? No. <laughs> it's like, hmm, St. Francis, right? Um, that was his church he rebuilt. And so I, I um, you know, I, I, but there was a problem. If you watch a period piece about a guy who radically followed Jesus and radically fell in love with Jesus and was, I just want, Rusty, I know I'm taking a while to explain this. I wanted to make a movie about a guy who, when it comes to following Jesus, was like, I'm all in. Right. I'm all in. Like, I'm not 99% in. I'm all in. And that's what I, um, Francis's life is just simply about. But I thought, man, if people watch that movie about a medieval movie, about a medieval guy who's all in, they'll be like, well, yeah, he could do it because that was like 800 years ago when he was like almost like a superhero. He was a superhero, right? And so what we did is we made half the movie. We just finished filming last night, by the way. Um, we made half the movie a period piece, um, and then half the movie a modern-day telling about a modern-day parallel about um, a guy who had, whose story is exactly like St. Francis's. So it's wow. about a, a guy who's the most famous son of a prominent businessman in New York City. And mm-hmm. 
also a clothing merchant like a Macy's or a Nordstrom, <laughs> right? Um, mm-hmm. And he's rich, famous, da 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 da, has it all, and he's empty. And then he right. ends up um, like his mom's a Christian, da da da. Um, I mean, just every detail is like parallel. And and so mm. we went. Let's make a modern day telling and the, and the, of a guy who like has it all. He's super empty though, and he finds a kind of like a, a um, um, someone to help him on the journey. Um, really uh, learn about Francis. But let me be clear about one thing. This movie ultimately isn't about Francis. This movie is ultimately about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And in matter of fact, I want to be clear about that with the, all three of these movies because I know we're like Rich and Brennan and Francis and da da da. The lead characters of these movies is Jesus. Period. Well, David, let me ask you something here um, because I think our listeners are going to want to get a hold of this. And may even want to support it. I know that an endeavor like this is really difficult. Yeah. It requires a lot of work and a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, if they want to get a copy of any of these works, I know Francis hasn't come out yet, yeah. but maybe they want to support it because they believe in it. Yeah. How could they do that? Well, let me let me say this. Um, I couldn't find anybody to finance the St. Francis movie. And um, I... Um, I know this is going to sound crazy, but I really felt the 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 spirit leading me to, will you walk on will you walk on water with me, just like Peter walked on water with Jesus, hmm. and um, and I felt like the the Lord was saying like I'm gonna I'm gonna provide, just be just have faith crazy enough to walk on water, <laughs> pretty much, and so I put hmm. um, we just finished last night and. We've put fifty thousand dollars on a credit card. Hmm. Now, here's the crazy thing: um, God started providing, <laughs> and now that fifty thousand um, dollars has gone down to thirty thousand dollars. Hmm. And but here's the thing: I mean, for four years, Rusty, I, I was trying to f- like find the traditional way, investors and whatever. So we went, but then, but here's where it all changed. I went. This month, this movie has to be a nonprofit. We can't have investors. Here's the reason: I have to give all the money away. Like mm. I can't make a movie about a guy who gave all of his money away to the poor and then like drive around a Porsche next. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not that there's anything wrong with driving a right. nice car, but right. How'd you, know you afford the but Porsche? Like, oh, I made a movie about St. Francis. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like if I made a movie about like, you know, uh, uh, Bill Gates, I'd be like, yeah, I'll drive that Porsche. <laughs> exactly. But, exactly. But no, but, but in all seriousness, I just, not to condemn any walk of life, but I just was like, not this one, this one, I've got to give it all away. And, um, right. It just didn't feel right. And so you'll love this because you love Rich Mullins. Um, Rich Mullins' brother, Lloyd Mullins, has a Native American ministry called NapeNasi.com. N-A-P-E-N-A-S-I.com. If you could put that in the show notes. Um, They literally go out every summer. Their goal is to be year-round, but all they do Mm. is the same thing that Rich did. They go out, they they hang out with with the natives there, uh, Native Americans there. They bring them diapers. They build up houses, handicap wraps. But they're a ministry that has like no money. 
they just literally mm. pull their money together and go and help these people once a year for like wow. two or three weeks. And that's when I was like, I think I figured out what I want to do with my life. I want to make movies and like in finance, these under finance ministries. Right. And so I said, you know, cause it's one thing to be like, I want to give all my money away, but then you go, well, where? <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so man, God's providing. Um, I'm not, I'm not doing this for pity, but I'm not going to lie to you. It's like, I'll have, I'll have faith that like, yeah, God's providing for like a good four days. And then, <laughs> and then I'll have three days where I'm like, I'm so scared. I, this was so stupid. Why did I do this? <laughs> right. Like right. I basically bought a car and I don't have a car. I have uh-huh. a movie. Right. And so we have a GoFundMe page. It's okay. Um, and it, we're a nonprofit too. So, so GoFundMe for nonprofits don't work the same way for profits. They, okay. they, you have to be a legit five hundred one c three, and so anything you give is a um, a tax gift, just like they would tithe to a church, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what do you call it? A tax gift or a donation or whatever? Um, yeah, tax deductible. Tax deductible. That's the word I was looking for. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, GoFundMe.com. Um, slash st dash francis uh dash movie and um okay that's great so we're about thir- i'm you know not begging but i'm begging <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and here's why i feel okay about it uh and this is the ironic thing when saint francis decided to give everything away right um he went the god has called me to be a beggar and mm. and from there on out to you know, so he not only cared for the poor, the way he cared for the poor was to be a beggar, mm-hmm. and he would go around all the cities, and, and he and that's where the the term comes from, alms for the poor, mm. right? So it was literally like this isn't for me, alms for me. It was alms for the poor. Was were 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 friars asking for bread. Uh, money, anything you can have to give, so we can give it away. It wasn't. It wasn't a. It wasn't a homeless person sign saying "Give me." It was no. I'm gonna be the messenger. Give me, right. so I can give away. And and that and then, and that's why I was okay. That's why I'm kind of okay with begging. <laughs> is is give to me so I can give away. Yeah. Yeah, it's such a great thing. And as somebody who's a fan of your work, I can't wait to see the St. Francis movie. And I would just recommend to yeah. everybody, watch the movies, listen to Rich's music, yeah, and, if, and, and if they make sure that you... The, if they want to watch the movies, we have um, uh, ragamuffintv.com. Super easy. Oh, that's right. Ragamuffintv.com. Yep. And then pick up a copy of Ragamuffin Gospel and read it. It's uh, oh. it's just a, a breath of fresh air. Changed so, my life. David, thank you so much for being on the show and for just the legacy that you are creating by carrying on the legacy of some great people who have gone before us. So I really appreciate your time, buddy. Dude, and thank you for your friendship and your support. It means more to me than you'll ever know. Well, thank you. Hi, buddy. Well, as always, thank you so much for listening. And if this is helpful to you, please write a review and make sure you pass this along to somebody else and share it with them as well.